Hey, 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 you have come to the right place. This is the Really Speaks podcast. I want to thank all of you returning listeners. Thank you for your support. And if you're a new listener, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you through this podcast. You are in for a treat today. I guarantee you. Remember, you can find the Ridley Speaks podcast on Google Chrome, Podbeam, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Deezer. Also check out the Ridley Speaks podcast on YouTube. Find me on Instagram. The handle there is at Ridley Speaks. I am very, very hyped today. We have a very special guest, Javier Javier from the YouTube sensation Javier Javier Show. Make sure you say it twice. It's here on the Ridley Speak podcast. You are in for a great treat. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Ridley Speak podcast. I am your host, of course, Carlos Ridley. When I tell you I'm excited about today's show, what I'm really saying is I've been waiting a long time for this. Several weeks ago, I had the privilege to be on the Javier Javier show. Make sure you say it twice. Uh, and he is someone that I really look up to in this business of podcasting, YouTube channels, etc. cetera. Uh, he really gave me a platform to really come out in terms of who I am as a podcaster. And this is me returning the favor. So I want to bring in Javier, Javier, Javier. How's it going, bro? What is going on, brother? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's nice to see all things are well in your bubble. Everything's well, brother. Everything's well. Um, hey, you know, I wanted to just listen. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on my show. And I wanted to make sure that my listeners see a diverse uh, group of guests that come on and we share some similarities. I don't want to spoil it for the guests. I want to give you that kind of platform to, to kind of give, you know, who you are, what you represent, what you do. But, you know, if you wouldn't mind, just give the listeners kind of a kind of a monologue of who you are. Why is it Javier, Javier? Why do you got to say it twice? <laughs> and just let let's let the, the listeners uh, know who you are. All right. Not a problem, brother. Um, I am Javier, Javier, the host and the creator of the Javier, Javier show. I talk all things politics, religion and culture. That is my bag. Anything about it, I'm willing to have a discussion with anybody from any part of that spectrum, um, trying to tackle some of the, the tough conversations in today's political and religious environment, trying to make sense of it all. Um, I'm 28 years old. I'm a black conservative atheist, uh, born and raised in the project, spent time locked away. Uh, got out, uh, very hyper religious, uh, eventually led me to my atheism and ultimately to my political ideology. And I just thought with so much history and experience, why not take all of my knowledge and intelligence and channel it in a way that can help other people and show people it's okay to be different. So, right. yeah, so that's definitely what I'm all about. So I'll talk anything from philosophy to, uh, you know, the color of Donald Trump's um, skin. I mean, <laughs> really, there's nothing off limits here, you know? Uh, so, 
definitely my thing. And just to let your listeners know, because they probably can't see it, but the Javier spelled J-A-V-I-E-R. And the reason you got to say it twice, because I'm a, a, a previous uh, connoisseur of the hip hop industry and right. uh, definitely major into that. And my ad lib was always Javier, Javier while I was recording my music. And it's just something that stuck with me. And I'm a firm believer that anything that's worth doing is worth doing at least twice. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now you said something that a lot of people probably hit the skids on with the, you said, you, you said you were a black conservative atheist, right? So like those three things together in a Trinity are taboo. So explain a little bit about being a black conservative atheist. And obviously we know why you're black because that's the way you're born. So yeah. let's start on the conservative part and then bleed that into the atheist part. Well, we would actually have to do it in the opposite okay. um, because I became an atheist before I was politically conscious. Um, okay. My atheism was a result of me uh, being very, very radical in all of my thinking. Um, before I was very into Christianity, I was a, a gangster. That's all I, that's all I ever wanted to be. Um, I wanted to be Tookie Williams. I wanted to be Raymond Washington. I wanted to be the big, the big guys who, uh, you know, were legendary. And after, you know, going down for a crime of armed robbery, um, I had to reflect on my life and I dove head first deep into religion, which was Christianity mm-hmm. at the time. Sure. And I became so focused on wanting to save my soul that I wanted to know everything I could possibly know about Christianity and God. Um, and the more and more I dug into Christianity, I found myself losing my faith and I, I did everything I could to hold on to it. I even uh, got wrapped up into a cult. Um, after I was released, uh, I got into a real, very strict religious sect. And from there, just all the dominoes started falling, uh, eventually made my way out of it. And I didn't believe in God anymore. So mm-hmm. I started doing my research and started looking up atheists versus Christi- Christians and, you know, all of that. And eventually that led me down the road to politics. And I just couldn't deny the fact that everything on the left was the left side of the aisle. It just didn't speak to me. Um, the conservatives were talking about, you know, responsibility, uh, having a father in the home, uh, being responsible with your, your finances and all of these things that I had applied to my life that actually turned it around. Um, and it just, it made sense to me. So, uh, I did what I did with religion. I just dove deep into conservative, um, thought and philosophy and a lot of it started to make sense. And therefore I started to identify as a conservative. Okay. And just for the record, uh, for you, cause I also identify as conservative and that's one of the ways we, we connected, but does that dictate your being a conservative? Does that dictate your party lines? Absolutely not. Uh, I've never identified as a Republican um, myself personally. I was more into the philosophical side of things. It was never about political parties. Why would I ever pledge my allegiance to one group over the other? 
groups change, uh, people, policies change, leaders change. Um, I was more into what your ideas are. So uh, I'm a big advocate of not um, telling people to join this party over that party. I'm really about think for yourselves and be an individual. Right. And so we see that in uh, specifically in this this latest political cycle where if you identify with one group, that means that you are X. Right. And and it seems as if the you know, if you are if you call yourself a conservative, first of all, you shouldn't be black. That's kind of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are a conservative, that means that you are a quote unquote Trump supporter, which therein lies means that you are now a racist or a white supremacist. <laughs> how do you, so how do you, how do you, um, how do you identify with that in terms of, you know, where you're at in your kind of political mindset, knowing that that kind of rhetoric is out there? Yeah. Well, I'm a big advocate of seeing reality for what it is from what we we understand. I mean, I'm married to a woman who I would consider to be very liberal, Um, used to be a Bernie supporter. So that kind of lets you know um, the rift. But if people don't know something, well, I feel obligated to go tell them. Uh, Why would I allow you to think something of me without my own input? Right. So regardless of what comes with the label, uh, it's okay to tell people they're wrong. And that also means sometimes you're wrong, but the way you navigate that water is to show people the common humanity that you have with them. And also I, I love using humor as a way to soften the ice in a, in a way. And that way people will be open to actually having a conversation with you and seeing sure. what, what it is that you actually believe. But I'll say this um, definitely just because one person is a conservative doesn't mean that person has everything figured out with conservatism. Um, I wrestle with a lot of conservative ideas that I feel contradict one another and I have to try to make sense of it. Um, And people have this misunderstanding of what conservatism actually is. And that's another thing that we're fighting in this culture. Um, It's not what Donald Trump says it is. It's not what the GOP says it is. It doesn't have to be. Um, I'm all about conserving those things which are worth conserving, not sure. just conserving bad ideas or bad policies. That makes no sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 you make a, you pull up a great point because, you know, a lot of, you know, the conservative talking points, you know, talk about traditional, traditional um things and not all the traditional things are good. So why would we keep those traditional things? Right. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I want, I want to create a world where everybody could be conservative, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, I made a video not too long ago on my YouTube channel about why liberals want to be conservatives. And all liberals are really seeking is a world where they could want to conserve it. And, uh, sometimes people hear the word conservative and they think we're just trying to keep everything the same. Right. It's, it's like, no, we have traditions. We have a long history of people trying this and failing. And we learn from that and we realize what is good for society and we try to conserve those things. Sure. That's a great point. So transition over a little bit. Um, several episodes I had um, a topic called What's Your Calling? And your story, even in the brief detail that you've mentioned, really 
um, a, a lot of people can can see or have gone through similar things. You talked about incarceration. You talked about being part of groups that were kind of detrimental to you, to your to your mental makeup. Uh, but but you didn't stay in that. You bounced out of it. And, I know you have a voice, you have a platform, you use it to speak out, as you say, on religion and politics and, and culture, which are kind of the, the cream of the crop. So what kind of led you down that road to start your uh, YouTube channel, the platform? And would you say that that was that began or that is now kind of your passion in just getting the word, the word or your voice out to be heard? Yeah, uh, I like to think that the Javier Javier show existed before it was ever a YouTube channel. Sure. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of hours talking to people all over. I went to churches and I was uh, debating people, pastors, and trying to, you know, make sense of all of this with family members and friends and just strangers who would walk up and start conversations with me and start, you know, uh, I, I just, I spent a lot of time having these conversations already. And, as I was doing those things, more and more people told me, man, you should start a channel. You should start a podcast. And I never did it. You know, um, I was so busy about uh, trying to figure out how to make it in this world that I never could I imagine having an actual YouTube channel where I was on camera discussing these things. But what really pushed me to that point was Donald Trump. Um I noticed that Donald Trump was unapologetic in the way that he was and take it for good or bad, whatever it is, how you see him. Uh, it was something that inspired me to, you know, jump out there and say what was on my mind, regardless of how it would be received. Uh, people, people won't know unless you tell them, like I said before. So the Javier Javier show was just me finally getting the courage to take that extra step and, put my ideas out there for the world to see, you know? So, you know, you get what you get with me. Uh, like I, I'll tell people all the time, um, you know, I have no more lies for you. I only have room to be mistaken. So that's basically how I live my life. I'll give you what I got. And if I'm wrong about something, I'll admit that I'm wrong, but I will never lie to you. Right. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I, I've kind of taken the same approach to, uh, just with my podcast. And we've spoke about this before. You know, I was kind of on the, the two things. I was afraid on just, you know, recording my voice, putting it out there for people to hear because, you know, as soon as you put yourself out there, regardless of who you say you are, or what you represent, um, the backlash is soon to come. Uh, but I was to the point where, I felt like, hey, I have a platform. I know that my, whether it's my political views or religious views or whatever, um, regardless, are going to be perceived as one way or another. But I can't hold back just because the fear of someone not liking it or it offending someone. Specifically, when I know I'm coming at it from a from a good place. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk about? Uh, your role with either the people around you, family, coworkers, when they hear what you're saying and they hear your points of view, uh, specifically they're coming from a religious standpoint or non-religious standpoint and then from the political sector, because probably more than not, people don't agree with you in the way um, that you see things. How How is that for you in terms of kind of that coming out for you? 
Yeah, uh, as you said, right, I'm a black guy. Uh, uh, I'm a minority within a minority within a minority. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, the, the strange thing about that is uh, black people are very religious. Um, and I'm not one to beat up on religious people. Uh, if you believe in God, that's, that's, that's your belief. I'm not trying to take your belief away from you. I just hope that whatever it is that you believe or whatever it is that you're doing, that you're doing it in a way that it doesn't cause harm to other people. That that's my hopes. And, uh, having these conversations with family members and friends, it's very difficult. It's easier for me to talk to people I don't have any connection with than it is to talk to people that's close to you. Right. Uh, because there, there's a level of emotion there and connection there that, uh, could be severed, um, during the wrong types of conversations if things mm-hmm. go the wrong way. Um, but when I first started speaking out about religion, it was very difficult for me because my mom and my father is religious and my, uh, I learned a lot from my father because he was, um, he was where I was, and though I didn't get to witness it, he spoke with me in a way that I was able to actually understand that I didn't have to be radical in my viewpoints. Um, so after getting banned from all of these churches and, you know, going out trying to seek uh, disagreement with people, I was finally able to get to a point where I could humbly talk to other people and realize that I don't know it all and that people are coming from different perspectives and experiences. Um, when it came to politics and black people, that is where I find the most resistance, um, or the most, uh, controversy. Uh, most of the black people that I come across with on a day to day basis, I, I don't think they're really politically in tune with policies and political philosophies and laws and stuff of that sort. Most people vote with their feet. Um, it's not really a well thought out process. Now, there are very educated black people out there who vote based on issues and they might vote different than I do. Um, but I noticed in my conversations with other black people about, you know, politics and being a conservative that people are, are not really open to changing their minds in the black community because they've been sold this idea that racism is the biggest contributing factor on why black people are where they are now. And there is a level of truth there, but we also have to be able to break through that mindset and ask ourselves where we are in 2021 and what is the best policies for us moving forward and the best mindset. That's why I also talk about culture and I will say politics is the the most divisive tool right now when it comes to black people having conversations about the future of you know African Americans in this country. So that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, it's 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 interesting uh that you bring up quote quote unquote the black community and how uh politics are very disruptive specifically in the in the black community. And with with you and also myself being quote unquote a, a conservative there seems to be the backlash where people won't even listen to your mindset or your point of view. It's automatically goes into an attack mode or passive aggressive attack mode where it's like, Hey, I, I personally don't care what uh, political affiliation you have, whether that's Democrat, Republican, uh, 
you know, third party, independent. It's how are you educating yourself on making the decisions that you make? Are you educating yourself, which is a big thing? And I know that we've had this discussion before and you've said that certain people shouldn't be allowed to vote <laughs> unless they're educated uh, <laughs> on voting, which I, I, I tend to agree there's, there's a slippery slope in there, but I tend to like at least open to that conversation to some extent. But it's like, how how do you get a group of people where it seems like one party is, quote unquote, doing all these different things or they, the perception is that they're doing all these things for you? And that is the reason why you give your support to them when re- in actuality, if you really look deep, uh, if you actually did your research and educate yourself, you might find something different. Now it's, it's, it's easy for me to say, Hey, you're not getting what you think you're getting from X party, but I can say that till I'm blue in the face. If you don't actually do the research and educate yourself, you'll never actually believe it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course I would. I mean, what we have here now is, uh, basically like that story. Um, I think it's, uh, the two kids go into the, the forest and they meet some weird lady in the forest and she, you know, feeds them all of this great food and they're eating and eating and eating and she's fattening them up and they think they just found like they hit the lottery or something and she's just fattening them up so she can kill them and eat them. Right. Um, uh, it, it's very hard to convince someone that somebody doesn't have their best interests at heart. If all of that, all that person does is tell them that they do. Um, we, we can't pretend as if, you know, telling people that you're going to give them everything they want is somehow a, a plan for success. Uh, people have to be held responsible for their decisions. People have to be held to a certain standard. Does that mean that everybody has the same capabilities? No. Does that mean that everybody starts off in the same starting place? No, of course not. No one, no one would ever make that argument. Right. Um, but there still has to be a level of expectation for individuals in a society. And when there isn't that, you create two problems. One is a problem of resentment. All of those people who fight hard to work and to pay taxes and to build up the country and to, you know, do their hardest to make the world a better place, they start to resent those people who don't. And those people who don't, they become self-reliant. They repeat the process. They have kids and they teach them the wrong things and just, the cycle just continues. So we can have a realistic conversation about doing good for other people while also holding them accountable and having expectations. And a lot of times we find in our political environment, and I must say that the Republicans are also guilty of this to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, whereas we're going to do this for you. We're going to take care of that for you, but nobody ever talks about what it is that we expect from the citizen. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, uh, to sum it up, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think that's the best way to put it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was just getting ready to ask you, you know, uh, on the, on the other side, on the right side of, of, you know, the Republican party, you know, what are, what do you think is, or what do you think they can do to, um, I don't want to necessarily say attract more black uh voters or people to to um think 
conservative or, or come to that side, what do you, where do you think that they're missing out on? Like there, there's obviously some truths to, um, it's not as diverse on the Republican side, but how, how do you, how do they attract people like-minded? Cause there are Democrats that are like-minded, but they're, I want to say afraid to kind of step over the line, uh, mm-hmm. in some regards, but what, what are some things that maybe they can do to kind of attract more, um, blacks over to the Republican side? There's only one thing they can't do. I thought about this long and hard. Um, in, in, a, in a way, the people on the right side are fighting a losing battle. And the reason that is, is because when the left has um, convinced a large portion of minority groups that the other side is racist and not to hurt you, well, who wants to join that side in the first place? The, sure. Yep. The, yeah. The second yeah. problem is the people who do decide to join that side get ridiculed from the other side as being sellouts. Right. Um, you know the words, the Uncle yep. Toms Uncle and Toms, yeah. Coons. Uh, so you basically get it. You basically got a, a, a double-edged sword going sure. on right now. So it's very difficult. So the only thing that I could possibly come up with reasonably is that conservatives get out there and they explain to people. You don't. A lot of times there's a lot of grandstanding. If you watch the Senate or you watch the House of Representatives, there's a lot of grandstanding trying to uh, prove to your side that you you still represent them. But what you have to do is you have to meet people where they are. And I want to see Republicans, conservatives, people on the right. I want to see them take the time to talk to people and tell them and explain to them why they support the policies that they do sure. explain the history behind it, explain the, the, the facts and the evidence backing up their claims instead of just saying, Oh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps or, you know, these, we can't play that game. You have right. to explain to people why your ideas work instead of just reiterating the same talking points over and over. Sure. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think that is probably the biggest um, challenge or roadblock that the Republican Party has. And, and at times it seems as if they are not willing to do that. Therefore, it just continues the uh, the ripple effect of what you're talking about, where it's like, well, they don't even want to reach out because, you know, they're racist, basically. That's why they're not reaching out. When in mm-hmm. fact, now that that is probably true in some certain circles of, you know, the right. Uh, but I also think that there's a sense of, of of laziness of not reaching out or open themselves up to educate uh, because, one, they're afraid, they don't want to, or they think it's a lost cause. And I think those are missed opportunities uh, all in together. So I, I totally agree that there it's, it's, it's going to it's a double edged sword because, like you said, you have people who think that group is quote unquote racist. Um, and from the own community, it's like, you're a sellout. So it's like you, you, we have a hard time of trying to not necessarily convince, I'm not trying to convince and you're not trying to convince anyone of anything, but I think it's the, even just educating yourself. It's like, why, why, why should I, when I already know that they're racist when it's like, eh, there's a lot of racist people and they're not just on one side of the fence. <laughs> I've said that a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I consider some of the most racist people to be on the left. Um, 
definitely by some of their rhetoric. Oh, black people can't get IDs and black people uh, we can't get can't, on the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> in what world are we living in? What world do you tell people that the only way to cure racism is to be more racist? It's, it's, it, it for the life of me, you couldn't dumb me down enough to understand that. And I think that what we really need is we need the people on the right to uplift the voices in the minority groups who are actually conservative. Yeah. And I'm not saying on no tokenism type thing right, where, right, right. you know, one black guy standing up on the podium talking and you got a group of white guys standing behind him. Right. Um, what you need is these also the minorities within the right need to also understand is you have to distinguish yourself between the other conservatives. Um, you have to be able to say, hey, I am conservative, but I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not right. here to speak on behalf of the white Republican or the white conservative. Like, yo, come to my neighborhood. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Let me hear right. your problems. And, you know, let me tell you what I did to overcome some of the problems that I had. Let me explain what conservatism actually means and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, call out the people on the right who you feel like are doing things that are hurting minority groups. Exactly. You know, you don't have to be either or. And I think a lot of times, I don't know where you stand at with Candace Owens, but. It was funny. I was just getting ready to ask you about her and Kim. Uh, what, like, how, you know, what do you think about them? Because those, especially Candace is a, is a lightning rod for a lot of black people. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and continue what you're saying. Yeah, and I have to walk, uh, I have to walk on, on eggshells when I discuss these <laughs> topics. Uh, sure. Not yeah. on the Ridley Speak podcast though. You can, <laughs> you have the floor to say whatever you want to say. Yeah. I, I want to be careful with my words when, sure. um, always because sometimes I don't want to mischaracterize what a person actually is. I'm not a mind reader, but, um, when you see, uh, when a Candace Owens preaches to black people as if she's like, the the mother figure and I mean the first question I know most black people are gonna say are you from the projects like do you speak our language right do you know what it's like to live off noodles and hot dogs and uh you know to be yeah. amongst your own people in in the ghetto and the slums uh you sit up there and you you got your hair all nice and you did you married to a white guy I mean you gotta know how your people think right and what she's missing is she doesn't understand how her people thinks. Um, it's not about being right. It's about being effective. And a lot of times everybody wants to be right. Nobody wants to be effective. And I, I find that on both sides of the fence. Um, I think you brought up Kim. Um, uh, she, I find her to be more uh, genuine than Candace Owens in a way. Um, I have nothing against Candace Owens. I think Candace Owens has done a major has been a major benefactor for conservatism and black people within conservatism. So I I do want to give credit where credit is due, but everybody has a part to play. Do I think that Candace Owens will do enough of the impact that will really make that change? I I highly doubt it. Um, But instead of me complaining about that, I think I'm going to play my position and find out where I can fit in and do my part as an individual. And maybe I can pick up the slack where she is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. And, you know, you asked me where, you know, where, you know, you don't know where I stand with Candace. I, I'm kind of, it's, it's kind of 50-50. Uh, I think that, you know, she has a lot of 
uh, good to great talking points in terms of kind of the core. But I think at times there is that over the edge, what in the, in the term I like to use, how people like their coffee, where yeah. there's a portion of that that's missing, right? There's a portion yeah. of that that's missing. And heck, for all I know, that's, that's for the clicks and the ratings versus what she actually feels, right? There's also, um, maybe some truth to, you know, that's the shock and awe that draws in people to actually listen to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of 50 50. There's things that I love that what she says and there's things that I'm like, uh, Candace, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just kind of, kind of where I'm at on it. But I, I you know, um, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting because those are the kind of the faces of quote unquote black conservatism. Um, and when you don't know how people like their coffee and you're like, oh, they, they want, they want cream or sugar or they just want it black. No pun intended. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're missing out on the opportunity. Right. And yeah. there's some, it's just not because she says she's a conservative. They're going to tune her out regardless. They're not going to listen to anything she has to yeah. say regardless. Yeah. I, I try to think about it like this. I mean, I was a, I was one of those young cats who was like in the hood in the projects and wasn't thinking nothing about politics or any of that. Man, I wanted to be a gangster. I wanted to live that life. Um, I, I grew up in a system where other guys were just the same and nobody was trying. If Candace Owens would have showed up and said, Half the things she says, I would have laughed and just kept on moving because I don't feel that. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting through my shell in a way. You know, you don't speak my language, uh, which is why a lot of times when you're trying to reach people from a certain background, you usually send somebody from that background who's been through that to actually reach out to them because they understand where they're coming from. I can speak the gang language. I'm a hip hop artist. I, you know, I, I can speak that talk. Um, and not only speak that talk, it's authentic. Um, so I've been, I've been to the far side of that, but I also went to the far side of conservatism. So I'm very intelligent, very well versed in conservative thought, but I'm also able to put it in a way that people can digest from any background in the black community. Right. Right. And that's that's the one thing that, that I love about you is that you can speak, you know, a, a diverse, uh, diverse languages as it relates to politics and what's real. You know what I'm saying? What's 100. So um, and, and again, uh, you know, I grew up in some humble beginnings as well uh, and, and worked my way out of it. Didn't, you know, let that be my circumstance. And, you know, uh, it's it's just. You have two, two men, two, two black men that are here with, um, with a voice, with a platform to use a voice and not blaming others for our demise because that's not how we live today. And, uh, I just think it's a great testament to just, you know, not sitting back and waiting for someone to give you something, but you digging yourself out, digging ourselves out and becoming something, becoming, uh, you know, positive, becoming a voice for others, becoming, um, just strength and a resource for people if they want it is here. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is take it. You know what I'm saying? We're handing it, we're handing it out. We have our hand out. If you want to, if you want to grab on, grab on. We're not pulling back. You know, we're here to educate at the end of the day, educate and support. And, uh, that's, that's, that's the real reason why I love kind of doing what I do, these podcasts, why I love watching your YouTube channel, uh, hearing from you. I always get something out of it. I might not agree with everything that you say, but I always get something out of it. I always use it as a positive action. And, uh, so I just wanted to, to thank you very much for, for, for everything that you do in your channel. Now, 
I'll, I'll be remiss if I didn't give, let you give yourself some plug. Where, where can people find you? How do they find you? What platform is you on? Let us know. Definitely, definitely. And I appreciate all your kind words, brother. I really do. Um, it really motivates me to keep going and keep pushing forward. Um, but they can find me at the Javier Javier show on YouTube. Uh, definitely my main gig. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Javier270 Javier. Um, you could, I'm planning on starting a Twitch. I got a podcast that I'm working on getting together. So definitely some great things coming. I invite anybody listening to come over and join me. Um, just hit that subscribe button, hit that bell and, you know, write a comment. I try to respond to every comment that I see. I'm a very talkative guy. So I make time for anybody. Yeah. You don't want to miss the Javier Javier show. If you're on YouTube, look it up, take a look. It is very entertaining. I find myself uh, laughing a lot just because of the interactions that he has with his guests. Um, sometimes they are talking and they don't even know they're getting stabbed with the little jabs at the time that he's saying <laughs> stuff. And they don't even know. It's like, man, you bleeding out. You don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, appreciate you uh, having me on, man. And I really wish nothing but love and support for your channel. And I love the fact that you're bringing positivity and trying to bring a little different flavor in what we got going on right now in our world. A lot of division. So I really want to reach out and say thank you for that. Sure. And I I doubly appreciate uh, those words. I really appreciate it. And, And just to the listeners, again, this is not this podcast and what we're talking about is not uh, aimed to focus on certain politics of certain people. It is just to have a conversation and have people think, have people think about where they're at, how they got there uh, and what's in front of them. And so I just want to make sure that I, that I that I said that. Well, look, that is all the time we have today on the Ridley Speaks podcast. I want to thank my guests. My guest, Javier Javier, make sure you say it twice on the Ridley Speaks podcast. Hey, keep up the faith. Keep up the positive vibes. Remember, this year is all about positivity. Don't let things get you down that don't have anything to do with your success. Again, thank you for joining the Ridley Speaks podcast. Hope you have a great day. And like a thief in the night, I am out. Thank you.